Welcome back to The Abnormal Christian. I am Brad Mason. I am here again with my lovely wife, Natasha Mason. Hello. And now she is sitting to my right hand. So, uh, yeah, we've had to do a little bit of uh, a rearranging in the studio slash workspace. Um, Slash podcast room. Slash podcast room, slash photography room, and everything else we do in between. Slash toy room. (laughs) So, um, really, the back room of our house has really become a very uh, interesting... um, Multi-purpose room. ...space for what we're trying to do. Uh, We're glad to be back with you on the podcast. We've missed probably a week. Yeah, probably. We actually did a podcast last Sunday, and we were not satisfied with the quality, and not so much the content, but more or less the quality. Sometimes the um, my computer, uh, if we don't catch it, will have kind of some staticky popping sounds and things that go on. And so, if you heard that, we apologize. Yeah, we took that. I took that episode down because I really didn't uh, didn't didn't like the quality that it, that was there. So we're going to kind of go over a little bit since it's been a little bit of a week and we've seen some more things go on. We're going to kind of cover that topic again. Okay. Um, simply because it's it's fresh and it's in the minds of everyone who is listening, probably. So really what we talked about last week was the coronavirus, which we don't really want to talk about. Um, We're tired of hearing correct. about it. Uh, Natasha is in the medical field. Um, she's been in nursing for many years. and um, <clears throat> About 14 years. Right. And so she's seen all these things come and go. We've all seen it come and go. The H1N1, remember that that, that one came swine around? Flu, yeah, swine Ebola. flu. Ebola. Bird flu. It seems like every kind of flu comes along. And uh, there's been complications over time with all these different things that come out. and diff- you know. Um, so really in the... From the realistic side of it, and this episode will probably be, I don't know what I'm going to title this. Again, I've, I've, I called it current events last time, and I think it's probably going to be uh, something to do with coronavirus. I don't know. Um, current events remix. Could be. Um, so, you know, when we look at r- real life and what's going on, because that's what the podcast is really about, is um, being the Christian who lives in the world and um, living in all the hardships that we deal with and all the things that come up, this really kind of uh, is an opportunity for us. And um, unfortunately, for a large percentage or a large portion of um, the church movement, there's been a lot of people going around with a lot of different false prophecies and false words, and everybody's hearing from God. So apparently before 2020 started, um, all of these um, prophets that are out there walking around were told that this was going to be a, a huge year of revival, a year of increase. You know, I can use all the words too, um, that God was going to uh, open up the harvest. And, you know, it's just all these different catchphrases that you could get out of the Bible. They were using them and they're throwing them out there. That, Thrive. Yes. 2020 is the year of thriving vision. You know, I mean, you really, and so they're, you know, then it sparks people that are like, yeah, this is the year God's going to do something because he really, he likes two zero two zero for some reason. I don't know. He thinks that's cool. Um, so anyway, so those he's easily amused. Yes. Yeah, so for the, for the first month, I think January, there was a lot of that going around that, you know, there's this outpouring of the harvest that's going to happen and, and, you know, this huge reaping and, and this big revival and all these things. And so then it kind of flipped on its head, right? So the coronavirus pops up late last year in China and um, and it starts spreading around the world, and it's it's in America now, and it's but it's not like devastating here yet, and it may be, I don't, and maybe it will grow to that potential. I don't know, 
Um, but they've already flipped the script on what they were saying. You know, now God is saying that he is, uh, you know, he's using this virus to show his glory and he's going to, there, there literally this past week, there were, uh, some of these people coming out saying, God has shown us the end of the coronavirus. God is, you know, uh, um, who was it? Kenneth Copeland. It was a Kenneth Copeland. I, I think, think so. he was the one who, uh, he had something oily or greasy on his hand and he held it up to the TV screen and he was like, put your hand on the screen and I'm going to heal, I'm going to heal, I'm going to heal heal your body and and all those things i don't it's it's crazy because I believe in the mercy of God, and I believe in the love and the power and the grace and the greatness of the God that we serve. And I believe in all the wonderful attributes of who Jesus is. And I believe in all of these different things that make God so great and wonderful. But a, a lot of the times when we talk about this stuff, it's never that they're pray. It's not that they're glorifying God in any way. And so it always seems like we're talking about the negative side of what these people are doing. And, and, and for me, it's aggravating because I don't want to come across to anyone as being overly negative. A hater. Right. I don't want to seem like I have a problem with Kenneth Copeland or Benny Hinn or um, Joel Osteen. Absolutely. And it's the gospel. (laughs) That's the problem I have with them is the gospel they preach. But they come out and they offer people these ideas and these things that, you know, you can, uh, who was it? Uh, We were talking about um, the guy who was selling the stuff in New York, uh, Jim Baker. That's it, Jim Baker. He, uh, He got in trouble with the state of New York because he was selling colloidal silver as the miracle cure for coronavirus. Um, and now he's actually being sued by the state of New York for selling the stuff. Um, and so it's just uh, Christians. I think we so we so want these miracles from God that we're willing to uh, people are willing to suspend their knowledge of the word of God for something supernatural or even just common sense. Yeah, I'm going to put my common sense on the back burner because this guy's hand is all greasy and he's holding it up to the TV telling me to touch his. And he literally said, put your hand up here on the, on the TV screen and oh, I can feel it. No, you can't feel nothing. Um, and it's aggravating because we fall for that. And and who's falling for this? Because I don't know much about the coronavirus other than it's just a real nasty version of the flu, some pneumonia, stuff like that. But it's really affecting the older generation, the senior citizens, right? They're the ones who are probably more susceptible to these things than, you know, they're probably putting their hands on their TVs. I mean, I don't know. Um, so we got that going on. And the question I think that people keep coming up is, is this the end time prophecy out of the book of Revelation? So the book of Revelation, even Jesus said that there would be plagues and famine and pestilence and all these things before the end would come. And so a lot of people are like, you know, is this the end time disease that's going to wipe out mankind? And the answer to that is we don't know. Don't have a clue. We have no, you, there's, nobody has a clue. If anyone ever tells you they have a clue or this is it, they're a false prophet. Plain and simple, back in the year 2000 when Y2K was going to occur, uh, or they thought Y2K was going to occur, there was a really uh, well-known messianic man who made this uh, prophecy that this is uh, the beginning of the end and it's the, uh, you know, it's going to be the going into the tribulational start in the year 2000. And he said, he said, if it does not happen, you label me a false prophet. And I've labeled him a false prophet because uh, it didn't happen. So I labeled the guy a false prophet. He admitted he was wrong. His congregation forgave him. And now now he's still, and since 2000, he's still been in the messianic circles preaching and teaching his version of whatever. And that's fine if that's what he wants to do, if people want to believe that. But if you're going to make a claim that something is going to happen and it doesn't, and you say, label me a false prophet, don't believe me, Brad Mason is not going to listen to you anymore. That's just how that one rolls, okay? So the same thing goes for these people who are right now. If you, There are people out there saying, this is God's punishment on the world. Maybe it is. I have no clue. Um, this is, uh, you know, this is God... Uh, 
bringing mankind to 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 its knees to uh, you know so he can rise up to raise up the kingdom. I have no clue. We none of us have a clue about any of that. And those people who tell you that this is the end and you need to get in line, they they don't have a clue either. So you know, it, it, nobody can prove that. There are people who are going back and they're saying, well, twenty years ago, ten years ago, I I um. Joseph Prince, he said, you know, a couple years ago, he did a, a sermon and he for, he foresaw coronavirus. And it, it, what he said in this sermon had nothing to do with it. But he's trying to make himself look like some kind of prophet because, hey, I said something similar might happen, you know. Um, so there's all those different things. Um, but it's not, I don't, you know, is it the end of the world? I have no clue. Will millions of people get sick and die? Again, no clue. Should we panic? Should we run around panicking? I mean, you're in the, you're a nurse. I'm looking at you over there, lady. You're a nurse. Do you tell me? Should we be panicking? Have you seen me panicking? No, you haven't been panicking. I, I think if it ever came around here, you would look it in the face and be like, "What do you want?" Um, so no, I mean, we're not panicking. You want to know what you know? As a Christian, really, the Scripture says God's not given us the spirit of fear, but of power, of love, and of a sound mind. Does that mean we be foolish about what we do and how we do it? No, no. And. I'm just sitting here watching because, you know, my job now has taken me away from the bedside and I'm more computer based. But I was watching this um, episode of the first 48, which is I like to watch crime stuff. Uh, Yes. And it was it was probably an old episode, I guess. But this lady was talking about they were trying to solve the, the murder of these two people they found in a in a house. And this witness came forward and she had been walking her dog near this house where these people were found. And she said she had this weird encounter with a guy that was, you know, while she was walking her dog. And she said he came up and said that he liked her hair, which she thought was kind of weird. So she kept on trying to walk her dog. And he was like, pulled up his shirt and showed her that he had a a gun in his waistband. And he was like, you're going to need to come walk with me. And she was like, no, I'm not going to do that today. I'm going to keep on walking my dog. And she was like, you know, if you feel like you need to shoot me, I'm going to need you to shoot me right here in the middle of the road because Jesus is with me. And if you decide to do that, then I will see him. And he was like, um, okay, um, yeah, I, I'm really so, I'm so sorry. And, he, and she was talking about he actually came up and gave her a hug and was like, I'm so sorry. I don't know why I said that to you. That hey, was, that's just so you? rude. And it turns out he was the killer, right. which was just, it was just bizarre. But she was just like, you know. Okay, well, if that's what you think you need to do, then you go right on ahead and do this because right. I'm cool with where I'm going. Right, and that, and I think that's the ultimate thing that it gets down to. If uh, people are panicky and they're afraid, uh, what are they afraid of? They're afraid of catching it and dying. That's what they're afraid of. Death. And I, right, I don't think people are really afraid of getting uh, a cold and having a little trouble breathing, and you know, um, being inconvenient. A runny, right, a runny nose or being locked up in their house for 14 days, which sounds wonderful to me. Um, right. But I, I don't think that's what people are afraid of. People are afraid of getting something that is going to end their life and that is going to to kill them. And uh, the reason for the why are you afraid? of that you know beloved believers uh body of christ are we afraid of that and i, and, uh, I can't hear you but I, I guarantee you in your heart you say no i'm not afraid of that if i know the lord and i have uh, the holy spirit of god living in me and dwelling in my life i'm not afraid of that i mean i do i want to die at this moment no absolutely not do i want to die from the coronavirus no sure don't but if that happens i am okay with where i will end up in eternity now i know there's a lot of complications that leave it behind you know when people die it leaves you know family and children, things like that. Those are really inconvenient, and we don't want that to occur. But at the same time, my reaction to um, 
reaction to this whole thing is not one of fear. And I think we live in a society that is so fear motivated right now. Um, if you're it, outside, it doesn't of the, take you know, much. No, and if you're outside of the United States, uh, maybe I mean you're seeing it around the world. Um, in Italy and and some of the Middle Eastern countries, they're really going on lockdown and they're quarantining people, and people are afraid and they they don't know what they're going to get out of it. Um, the one thing I I will say, and I do like to point out because of the um, because of the things that are occurring out of this, is that we can easily see. You could easily see, and I can see. Uh, maybe in the future, uh, how someone, a, a person, an anti-Messiah, an antichrist, um, really could rise to power. I mean, the world that we live in now is really, uh, every year, I think, is becoming more and more hospitable to the idea of uh, one person really solving all our problems. Right, for the picking. Right, one person really leading everything. Coronavirus is making that, obviously, just as transparent as it can be. And I'll give a couple examples, right? So... Um, Schools all around the United States are closing. They're they're closing schools and they're um, they're keeping kids at home for a couple of weeks uh, just to make sure that the virus is passing or whatever. Um, but at the same time, they're also uh, in a lot of states they're limiting the uh, size of groups that can gather. Uh, where we live in North Carolina, the group limit has been to a hundred people. You can't you can't you're not supposed to gather a uh, hundred people all at one spot because uh, we don't want the virus to spread. Now in North Carolina, there's at the currently from the CDC says there's 32 known cases. That's what's on their website. That's what I go with. I follow the CDC on this. Um, but those they're not they're in like one location is what it's showing, um, and it's not all across our state. It's not a huge gigantic threat. But we're going to inconvenience all these people to make sure everyone is safe. And I'm not saying that's wrong. I'm not saying it's right either way. What I am pointing out is the willingness of people to accept what the government is telling them to do, right? So if the uh, president wakes up tomorrow and he says, you know, we found out there's, you know, this can live on a surface for three days. Um, we're going to need you to stop using money because the paper cash uh, could carry the virus. And now we're transmitting it through passing things along to each other. So you need to use your, your plastic, your debit card, your credit card, whatever. Um, so say that goes on for a month and then he wakes up and says, you know, we still see this is not working very well because everybody's using the keypad. And now we're all touching this keypad and we're transmitting the virus through the key. So what I need you to do is we're going to... Um, we're going to come up with a solution, whether it's a name, a number, an implant, whatever it is. We're going to stick something under your hand, under your skin, that you can just wave. You don't have to touch anything. We'll just wave it, and, and it'll deduct the money from your bank account. You know, and everyone has uh, online, uh, most jobs these days require you to have direct deposit, um, especially in the United States. We're, we're, as the world moves, we're moving toward that cashless society that is foretold in the book of Revelation. Um, it talks about, you know, not being able to buy enough food, even with a day's worth of wages. You can't buy a loaf of bread with a day's worth of pay. And uh, I think we're headed that way. And it's, it's, it's a very good possibility. Not right now. I don't think this coronavirus is what brings this up. Um, but I do believe that in the future, there is a world that wants to unite under one banner, that wants to unite under one person. There's something so terrible that occurs um, that they're looking for somebody to save them. We're looking for somebody to say, whether it's another virus or a disease or a war or something like that, everyone is wanting this peace to occur and they're wanting this uh, peace in their lives and security. And people are willing to fork over their liberty and their freedom for the sense of security. And I really think that's what the coronavirus is showing us more and more, especially in the United States. I mean, the whole uh, country of Italy went on lockdown and everyone is supposed to be locked in their homes. Um, it's just, you know, I don't know how they, what if they want to do? I, I don't know if they can enforce it or not, but, um, well, I think the concept is if the incubation period for this virus is 
seven days and people just kind of hold in place, squat right. in place for 14 days, then right. whoever has it is going to die before you get around other people yeah. can spread it. So the fewer people that are fogging around, then the less is going to. Yeah. And I, but I think you're seeing, you really see the idea that um, fear is a motivator because that's what it is. Oh, yeah. Fear is the reason people are out buying up a truckload of toilet paper and, 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 and plus well, capitalism. Not, yeah, I sort of say not They're trying fear, to make a dollar, but... so we know that. So, but I mean, it is real. It's a real motivator as to far as our, how our liberties go. Now, there are the people who are always going to join and go to church and you know really go against the government and say, you know, we're going to do, we're going to join half church anyway, and that's fine if that's what you want to do. You, you put yourself out there; that's your business. Um, but I I will say this, that God oftentimes will allow us um, the opportunity to make the choices that we make and to reap the consequences of those choices. Um, so if we make dumb decisions and we make dumb choices on things we're going to do with our lives, um, we have to sometimes pay that consequence. We have to pay for, you know, with, with our everyday life. Um, so that was really interesting. I also saw this week that um, the Pope... And one of the imams from Islam signed a, um, I don't know, I want to say it's, an, it's more of an agreement um, that they would like to establish a one world religion that is common, a commonality in their religions. Um, there is a, uh, a movie coming out on Apple that is called Same God, and it is about the God of the Muslims and the God of the Jews and the God of the Christians. It's all the same guy, right? Yes, and, and it is really presenting this idea. Uh, and th that's true. You could go to the even the New Age uh, mysticism, New Age movement that says, or witchcraft we've talked about, that says that God is a female. In, in, uh, in the uh, Hindu beliefs, God is a oftentimes a female. I can't even think of the, the name of the lady, whatever her name is. But, um, but anyway, so the idea here is too, that we're looking at, um, we're looking at religions, major religions of the world that are wanting to join in together to claim a one world religion. That's also something that we see in the book of Revelation. Um, there is a false prophet who precedes the anti-Messiah who comes before him to proclaim. And the reason, and, and this is really no, uh, shouldn't be very interesting, very I'm more of the word I'm trying to find. Shouldn't be a surprise to anyone that John the Baptist came before Yeshua, right? So there's one preparing the way in the wilderness. Um, and, and then in the book of Revelation, we see a false prophet come before the anti-Messiah. So he's doing exactly the same thing that John did before Yeshua came onto the scene. This man will be saying, this now here comes the Messiah, the Savior of the world. He's going to come. He's going he's gonna to heal our pain. He's going to take away these diseases and sickness. He's going to end all war. And uh, and the world will be in a desperate situation um, that they that was a cat I don't know what he was doing but the world will be in such a desperate situation that um, they'll be willing to give over their liberties and their freedoms to this man because of uh, what he offers them and so we see you know I think that's what you that's what I see in the coronavirus I think I grew up in the um, conspiracy theory realm and mm -hmm. so when something pops up I'm always looking for that little bit of extra on the edge that really you know you kind of really kind of what a up. shock yeah it's amazing it's a miracle miracles happen so yeah so anyway um uh, you know again you can look on there's um John Hopkins if you're really curious about the coronavirus and you're you're incredibly worried about it 
Um, they just uh, Google John Hopkins uh, coronavirus. There's a big chart they have. Shows how many people have it in all the nations. It actually shows in each state where people are located, not down to their house, but uh, but it shows you the numbers of people that are in the state who actually the have hot it. The hotspots. Yes, it shows the hotspots. It shows the people who've uh, recovered, the people who've passed away from it. Um, it's kind of a scoreboard, and I look at it every day, and it's really, I think there's like 160,000 people around the world who have it. There are 7 billion people on the planet. Um, it's really infinitesimal compared to the amount of people that are living. Um, so right now, the fear should not rule our hearts. The one thing that we have the opportunity as believers to do is to be a witness, and this is a great opportunity for us to be a witness to others. Um, Coasty Hen and his congregation went out to their local Costco near where their church is, I guess, in Arizona, and... Um, they went out and talked to people who were standing in line. There were, uh, I mean, there were lines of people with carts just up and down the roads. And they were out talking to people, you know, handing out information about their congregation and their church saying, hey, maybe when this is all over with, you, if you're really curious about, you know, what's going on in your life, you're worried, maybe you could come and join us at a congregation and we could talk a little bit about the security and the peace and the hope that God offers us through salvation. And so they, they saw this, they took this as an opportunity to go out to others to say, um, understand. And it's not to say, don't be afraid what's wrong with you. It's to say, I understand you have fear, um, but there's a God of compassion and mercy who says, you don't have to be afraid. You don't have to, because this, we're, really we're getting at the root of what people are afraid of. They're afraid of dying. And uh, it's the uncertainty of death that I think uh, motivates people to act the way they do, to behave in the manner that they do. Um, you know, the Bible says that the, there's a sting that comes along with death for the lost person. Um, there's uh, no victory in the grave for a lost person. Um, but we, uh, through Christ Jesus, through Yeshua, have overcome the grave because he overca overcame the grave. He rose from the dead, so we know we will raise from the dead. He has eternal life, so we know we will have eternal life. So there's all these different aspects of, you know, we can look at this in a negative sense and say, um, you know, we get tired of hearing it, absolutely, but it is an opportunity to minister and to witness to others and ask them why they're afraid. And that's probably the most important thing you could ask somebody. Um, I have a lady who works for me, and she told me this week, she said, you know, a little Asian lady, and she said, you know, I'm really scared. And I said, why are you scared? And she said, well, my brother went to China, and he saw dead people on the street. And she said, I'm really afraid that's going to happen here. I'm, I'm afraid for that. And it really opened the gave me the opportunity to ask her why she was afraid and really say, you know, we're, we don't have to be afraid, you know. Um, and so we, we take that opportunity um, to witness and to minister. Now, if you're being sequestered to your home, um, and you're being told you have to work at home, uh, such as Natasha, uh, who gets to work from home now. You might not have that opportunity as much because you're not going to get to talk to a lot of people. Um, so if you're still out in the workforce, I'm I'm in the workforce. I work in e-commerce, and I'm telling you right now, this is the reason we didn't have. I the, do still have a little bit of a job. You do I'm get around people. Um, but this is the reason we didn't podcast last week. I was working 12-hour days. She was working 12-hour days. We had a sick kid. And, uh, yeah, and it was just overwhelming uh, to get things done. Um, but hopefully we're still going to probably have some of the same situation this week, but, uh, we're going to do the podcast. I want to get back at it today to say, Hey, we're still here. We haven't given up. Um, we have no intentions of giving up. Um, we love you guys. There's going to be some gaps at times in between what we're doing here. Um, but hopefully we'll be able to, uh, you know, to continue on. We want to do continue on with the study of the uh, book of Acts this week. So follow us there. We're on chapter 15. <laughs> 
<laughs> I believe it's chapter 15 or 14. I've got my notes, I think it's but I haven't looked it up yet. So um, we'll get we'll get that out this week as well. If you're getting quarantined into your house or you know somebody who is, tell them to listen to this podcast. They're going nowhere. We have lots of episodes. <clears throat> Correct. And uh, they have nothing to do. So sit <laughs> and listen to these episodes. Maybe they can learn something out of the book of Acts. Anyway, we will catch you later in this week. We appreciate you listening, and we hope that God blesses you in all that you do. And uh, we'll talk to you later. Bye.